Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, welcome back. What is popping? Welcome back. I wish I could sing. I always try to sing on this show and... Um, at least people haven't made fun of me for it yet, but God, I wish I was a good singer. They just fast forward past this part, usually the five minute mark. Shout out Troy Holm, rookie loan officer. He's hit his groove. He's consistently closing a million plus a month. So now that he's consistently closing a million dollars a month, he's a baller, right? Is that, that's, that's good. That's okay, good. Good. Yeah, that is good. Good. Uh, you're, you're doing a million a month, especially when that's, that's like four to five loans a month. Mm. If you're a mortgage loan originator, that would be good. Now the greats. No, the greats do 30, 40 units a month. And top producers are typically somewhere between 8 to like 12 units per month. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I would say 4 to 5 is a good, healthy, full-time, professional loan originator. Good. Yeah. That's a great segue in today's topic. Yeah, so today's topic, guess what's popping? Do you not want to hear about my awesome trip to New England, no, New your England. old stomping ground? I've never been north of Massachusetts. Seriously? Yep. You grew up in Mass. So mm-hmm. did you know that from where you grew up, you just went like There's an like hour five north? five states ab- above Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. What a cute little town. Yep. Like, from there, drove another hour to Portland, Maine. Dude, shout out to Portland, Maine for my foodies. Anyone who is into eating wonderful food, not just lobster rolls and all right. of that BS. Yeah. Like, real quality cuisine. Portland, Maine is one of the top three foodie destinations in the United States of America. Legit. Can't wait to go back and do that city all over again where all I'm going to do is walk, eat, walk, drink, walk some more, eat some more, walk some more, eat some more, drink some more. Yeah. Then we went all the way up to Bahaba. Maine. That is Maine. Yep. That's about three hours north of Portland. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where Acadia National Park is. Mm. It is basically a national park that sits right on the ocean. So I learned this about Acadia. It is the highest oceanfront elevation in the Americas until you get to Brazil. That sounds like one of those made-up stats on ESPN. Like he was the number one rookie recruit out of like Texas during the month of December with a fastball ERA between, sure. True story, and that is actually when I started turning ESPN off. Because the made-up stats that yes. you just gave Yes, In the abs- month of December, he is the best closer when yeah. pitching during cloudy weather against the Cubs. Yes. Back to you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, but I did learn that about Acadia. We did some amazing hikes. We had shit weather for, like, the first day. It's but like, It's supposed to be like that. I don't think so. This was, like, the first day of rain they've had in, like, 30 days. But the rest of our trip was absolutely gorgeous. I highly recommend it. But, like, I would recommend Bar Harbor to people who love national parks and love to hike. Like, my wife and I went on this, like, five-mile, four-hour hike where we started at the top of the mountain because we drove our car up there for a sunrise. Mm -hmm. Do you know what time I woke up? 4.15 a.m. No, no. That's what time I got to the park. Oh. We woke up at 3.30 a.m. Well all-nighter, bro. Thought about it. We actually thought about it because I had read online where you could see the Aurora Borealis. What? Possibly. Word. Um, and we had contemplated, well, do we go into the park at midnight and then see if we can see the northern lights and then wake up for the sunrise? We didn't. We got up at 3.30, went to the top of the mountain. But we actually hiked down the mountain, mm-hmm. and then up on top of another mountain. There you go. And then down that one, and then back up the mountain we started on. Fantastic. 
Do you think you would enjoy that? Yeah, I love nature more than people in dealing with anything else. So absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no, we we need we need some friends who like to hike. Because not not all people view hiking as like fun. They're yeah. like, uh, that's like exercise. I enjoy exercising. Yeah. So yeah. do I. All right. Cool. So today's episode. Man, you just want to get into it. I mean, we have a lot to do today. We do have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's late in the afternoon. It's a Monday. Don't timestamp it, Dustin. I'm, I didn't. I'm, I didn't say it's Monday, August twenty second. Well, now you just did. Okay. I didn't say what year. It's twenty twenty two. There you go. For you, you, you know what it isn't yet. Um, uh, we don't have a publisher. We don't have a yeah, PR shout out firm. To anybody that listens, like shout out to anybody that's listening. Dio really wants a PR firm and a publisher to really help take this shit to the next level. So if you or somebody you know can help pour gasoline on this fire and take us to the next level, we love. To hear from you. I think we're ready. Mm-hmm. I think what started as a hobby, what started as an idea, what started as a passion project, I think there's more that can be done. Uh-oh. I really do. I agree with you. And I'm finishing up Atomic Habits by James Clear for the second time. Yep. And as I read it, I get fired up, I get motivated, and I start thinking, are we not capitalizing on a calling? Well, I don't see you dancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. As you said, if you put it out put in the universe. universe yeah, shit will come back. It, it, it'll happen if it was meant to be. All right. Right? Sometimes I don't feel like doors need to be kicked in, but I think you should wiggle and jiggle the handle to right. see if, the, if it's, it's open. It's been unlocked this if, whole time, you been, dumbass. Yes. Just open been, it. Let's, let's open it up. All right. But I think you know, we're 30 months. We're 240-plus episodes. 255. 255. We're over 250 episodes into this. Yeah. We're only doing two shows a week, we could easily do three or four. Mm. We could spin one off and do one specifically for consumers. Uh-oh, foreshadowing? Foreshadowing. Maybe we release it on Sundays and we call it Not Your Mama Sunday School. Wow, sounds like you already had this developed and planned. Good I, drop. I, I possibly spent three hours on an Allegiant Airline flight whoa, from... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fl- Stop <laughs> the presses. I ha- That's what I wanted to talk I had to. two choices. Walk, Drive, drive. Walk, walk. <laughs> Or drive. That's it. Drive one hour to Bangor, Maine. Yep. And then fly back to on, Orlando. On what? On Allegiant. Okay. Or drive six hours back to Boston mm. and then take Delta. Six hours to Boston, Delta, final answer? Uh, it wasn't you and I traveling together, so my wife had a say. All right, so today's episode is going to be specifically yeah. for mortgage professionals. Yeah. Because this is basically as if we are a call-in radio show from 1993. Uh-oh. This would have been people calling in yep. saying, hey, D.O., hey, J.C., mm-hmm. can you answer my question? Yes. So user requested questions, I guess, on user? YouTube. User. Or viewer. Viewer. Yeah, viewer request. Okay. Like TRL. TRL. There we go. Daily. Carson Daly. Yeah. All right. So these, because we posted something on the YouTubes um, on the community section, just asked, hey, people out there, T-Loppers, what would you like to hear? So in no particular order, I'm just going to rattle off some of their subjects. And Dio, you were going to answer when that. When did you do this? You threw it out there? Yeah. Come on, man. I can't tell you. Wait, did you do it on TLOP online or did you no, do it I, on YouTube? No, I do it on YouTube. YouTube has a, a whole community section. We're just like. No way. Yeah, that's where I'm getting it from. Come on, man. Wow. Yeah, see, I got to say, I can't. So if you're not following us and subscribing us on YouTube because yeah, you, you only listen on Spotify, yeah. you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. See, okay. I, I listen to you. I pick up what you're putting down. I just have the same monotone expression. There we go. Number one. Ready? Yes. This is from Skylar. Oh, I was supposed to shout out somebody. And I you said, were supposed to yes. shout out somebody. Damn it. And I wrote you, you, I, may, you know what? We'll shout them out in the next, the next episode. episode. That's fine. All right. All right. So from Skylar, how to take a loan application over the phone? How do you do that, Dio? 
how do you take? Yeah. Okay, it's an interesting question right. in general because my answer is going to be a little bit smart-alecky, and I'm not trying to be one bit. Right. But, like, how do you do so? You start very robotically. Right? Like, the most recent chapter I just read in Atomic Habits literally talks about showing up. Just show up. You and I, the first 20 episodes that we did on TLOP, we just showed up. Yeah. Those episodes weren't great. Some of those episodes weren't even good. But we showed up. We put on the headset and we just started going. Mm -hmm. When you're new to the industry and you're trying to take someone's information over the phone, there's a couple ways you can do it. First, pull up your LOS, your loan origination software, whether it's Byte, Encompass, Calyx, what have you, and just start on page one of the Erla. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blanks as you go. Now, by doing so, you're going to be very robotic. I like this as a way, as a, as a teaching tool to younger mortgage professionals because it will teach you everything you're supposed to ask. Mm. So that is the easiest way to do it. And then through repetition, do it 10, 20, 30 times right. and you'll find a way to say it conversational. You'll be able to recognize where you sound too robotic or where it just doesn't quite flow. But in the very beginning, I think you just show up and you just start doing it. Mm -hmm. For me, I opened up my loan origination software and I just went line by line. And maybe I'd preface it with like, all right, ma'am or sir, now I'm going to jump into the boring part. I promise you to, it won't be that painful. It'll only take us five to 10 minutes, but there's a lot of basic information I need to get from you. What is your name? Mm -hmm. How do I spell that? What is your date of birth? What is your social? Like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually... You'll do it so often that you'll be able to skip around and mm -hmm. make it more conversational. Because maybe I don't start with how much money do you make? Right after you. First yeah. How, how much money? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I start with where do you currently live? Oh, hey, by the way, I caught your name being John, but is it legally Jonathan? Mm. Is that with an H or without an N? Or without an H? Mm -hmm. Are you a junior or a senior? Like all mm -hmm. the various information that I'll need to gather, how can I do it conversationally? I think it just starts with you just do it. You just show up. But I also like this one. I teach, and we talk about it, and there's even a form on tloponline.com, right. right? You have the PAIL form, right. I believe, mm -hmm. P-A-I-L, Property Assets, Income, and Liabilities. I think if I don't have my loan origination software in front of me and I need a way to remember, well, what data do I need to get? Well, I need to get the PAIL. I need to ask them about the property. Is it a single-family home? Is it a condo? Is it a mm -hmm. town home? Is it going to be a primary or an investment, et cetera? I need to figure out the assets, not just how much money do they have, but where is the money? And has any of that money been a recent large deposit? I need to ask about the I, the income, not just how much money do you make, but like, how are you paid? Is it salary? Is it hourly? Is it commission? Is it W-2? Is it 1099? Are you an owner of the company? If so, are you more than 25% owner? Mm -hmm. And L is the liabilities. Liabilities isn't just how much money do you owe, but it's also like, do you have a decent credit score. Do you know what your credit score is? Eventually I'm going to have to pull it, but you can give me an idea. And then are you obligated to pay alimony and child support and separate maintenance? Like those are the things that don't show up on the credit report. Mm -hmm. And have you had a, a home go into foreclosure or short sale? Have you had a bankruptcy in the past seven years, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So you can always just use the acronym PAIL, P-A-I-L, or you can just pull up your loan origination software. Your goal your goal is to become so fluid with the information that you could do it at a bar, two drinks yeah, in yeah. on the back of a napkin. Right. 
but you only do that. You can only get to that after maybe you've taken 30 or 50 or even a hundred applications over the phone. Well said. I've been doing this for about a month or two. Times How 18 years. to provide unique value as a lender? I think ultimately, all of us who are lenders, the unique value that we offer is by helping our realtor and builder partners or our CPA partners or our financial advisors look good and make more money. Period. Look good and make more money. Like a CPA you might not be able to help that person make more money. Now you could refer them clients who need tax help, mm -hmm. but ultimately help them look good. Help them shine in front of their clients. Same thing goes for a financial advisor. Now you can help a financial advisor keep the money that they're making mm -hmm. by teaching someone how they could qualify for a home loan versus taking money out of their investments to pay cash. But the realtors and builders, I think you sit down with them and just ask them, what are their goals? What is it that they're trying to accomplish? And then you figure out how you can help them get there. Because each realtor is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Each realtor or builder that you meet with is going to have what's special to them, whether it's the way they conduct their business, the goals they're trying to achieve, the communities they serve. But then it's your job, it's your responsibility to then back into what it is that you can do to do two things, help them make more money, help them look good while doing it. Well, sir. All right. What's next? Well, we did this, but if you can uh, juxtapose it, how were lenders paid? And we just did an episode I know, on and this. from where? I know. Can you just read? Because it was such a great episode. I'm giving you a, to say, hey, if you haven't seen that episode, go back and watch it. Okay. Hey, we just did an episode on this the like, past week or two. Um, if you're on YouTube, just scroll back a couple weeks on the videos. <laughs> right. um, how are lenders paid? Like, depends. How are loan officers paid? Yeah. Or right. how are the mortgage companies that the loan officers work for paid? Ooh. Right? Because loan officers are paid a percentage, a fraction of the service release premium or the yield spread that a lender makes. We'll start there. So if my mortgage company makes 400 basis points gross on a loan, then they're going to give me somewhere between 20 to 30% of that in general. Now, if I work for a bank or I work for a consumer direct, it's a little different. They make make 400 and I get like 10%. Right. But if I go out and bring in the loan and bring in the business through my sales and marketing efforts, I should get somewhere between 20 to 25% of the gross. Now, how are they making that money? Well, they are borrowing funds from a warehouse line. They are then funding a loan and then they're selling that loan off to an aggregator. Whether the aggregator is named New Res or Penny Mac or Chase, I would say Wells Fargo, but if you subscribe to Housing Wire like we instruct you to do, you would have read last week that Wells Fargo has taken a massive step back mm -hmm. from the mortgage lending arena. They are going to be cutting a lot of the correspondent lenders who sell them loans. They're going to be cutting them out, saying, I don't want, I don't want to buy from you anymore. Mm -hmm. Their appetite for mortgage has diminished. They're going a different direction. They're pivoting. It's going to be very curious to see how this shakes out because one less purchaser means the rest of the purchasers don't need to be as aggressive. Mm. 
that could ultimately end up being higher pricing to consumers. Hmm. One less competitor right. means the rest of the bunch don't have to price as aggressive. That also means that there's some people out there that used to rely on Wells Fargo to, to deliver loans to, and now Wells is like, eh, we don't want your business. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. Um, That's just a little sidebar, a little side note. Couldn't do a whole episode on that, so I snuck it in. <laughs> right. um, and then how do loan officers make money? Typically, typically, loan officers make a percentage of the loan amount. That's it. Right. So whether they make 0.5%, which what is that in basis points, John? 0.5% is 5 50. 50. Damn there it. you go. Second guess. Set, always go with your <laughs> oh, second yeah, guess. Right. It's 50 basis points, or they'll make 100 basis points or 125 basis points. Well said. And it's one of those things that when you're a mortgage loan originator, the more you make per loan, the less you should anticipate or expect uh, to have in terms of services from your employer. Well said. All right. This is a good one. How many agent partners do you need? Referral partners, agent partners? How many do you need? That's an arbitrary question. I like the word arbitrary. It makes me think about one of my favorite movies that was based in Boston, Massachusetts with the one and only Matt Damon and his buddy Ben Affleck. Hard money. I mean, Moneyball. Good Robin Hunting. Williams, Goodwill Hunting. There you go. My favorite movie. Yeah, Moneyball was in Oakland. Never saw it. Wouldn't know. Actually, with Moneyball, there is a scene where, where they – in towards the end of the movie that mm -hmm. is in Fenway. See? Yeah. Because at this time, the Boston Red Sox are trying to hire and recruit Billy Bean away from the Oakland Athletics too. Shit. But do you know who they, they ended up getting instead? Mickey Mantle? Babe he was dead by then. Way dead by then. Damn. This guy by the name of Theo Epstein. Oh, yeah. I heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he broke the curse single-handedly. Yeah, and then he went Well, to him and Kurt Schilling and Pedro and Poppy right. and Johnny Damon, but... And, yes, and, and then he went to the Cubs, and what did he do there? And steroids. What? Well, he won again. He won again. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So how many uh, partners do I need, damn it? 300, as many as you can fit in your Rolodex. I'm going to teach it how I was taught it. Okay. And then I'll ex expound upon then. Right. 12. 12. 12. 12 good partners should be four to five closings a year. On average, some are going to be eight to 10, some are going to be two to three. If you had 12 that were consistently referring you weekly, that means you're getting somewhere between eight to 15 referrals a week, which means you're getting, you know, somewhere around 30, 40 referrals a month. If you're closing 20% of those referrals, then you could say, okay, well, if I had 12, and they were 12 times five, that was 60. 60 closings is five a month. We kicked off this episode where you were talking about our boy Troy Holm, and I said how how, yeah. how good he's doing is getting, as, at five loans a month, you're kind of doing it. You're a professional, you make good money. And in today's day and age where loan amounts are the highest I've ever seen them, mm -hmm. in terms of average loan size, you could be making twelve to $18,000 a month hmm on with 12 solid referral partners because you still have your friends and family you still have your past clients right. right so you still have that other book of business but you need 12. the problem is in order to find 12 you're now talking about 12 realtors who sell 24 to 60 homes a year mm. well there's a lot of realtors out there that don't sell 
one or two homes a year. <laughs> yeah. So you have to get out there and you have to shake as many babies and kiss as many hands as you can before you find your 12. It's not something that you just go out and make 60 sales calls and you find your 12. To find your 12 could take you 18 to 24 months. Mm. And then if you want to be a mega producer, right? Someone who's in the top 1% because they're closing 48, 60, 120 million a year in volume. They're yeah. making 600 to $1.2 million a year. Then obviously there's a multiplier, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's when you're like, well, you actually need 12 of these types. Right. You then, need 18 of and, these yeah. and 24 of these. Yeah. So you might have 60 and of those 60, 30 of them are good for one to two closings. And then you have another 20 that are good for four to six, but then you have 10 that are good for 10 plus, right? right? You may get a hundred transactions out of 10, then you may get another hundred transactions out of 40. And then you'll have your circle of influence, mm -hmm. your um, friends and family, past clients, et cetera. Right. But start with 12, right? For anyone who's new to the, new to the industry, 12 is the number. You're going to have to get out there and meet with a hundred to find your 12. And it may take you still 12, 18, 24 months to get there. Well said. I like this. All right. So say I go on a realtor meeting and it's a great meeting. What are some tips, tricks, and tactics to properly follow up with that lead or that referral partner? How should I do it? We had a great meeting. What should my next call be about? Well, old school DO, the boomer, as my kids would call <laughs> right. me. I'm going to tell you a handwritten thank you note still goes a long way. Really? I love them. I, and I know it's old school. But it's kind of like, you ever going to get mad at somebody because they came to your party dressed really well? No. Right. No, now if they came dressed in a tuxedo, you'd call them a douchebag. <laughs> right? So, right. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely parts that are like overkill where mm -hmm. it's like, is that really authentically you? Now, if you're that type of person who is so outlandish that you wear a tux to, to a house party, then, then people know that about you. Mm -hmm. You also probably have pink hair. And with your tux, there's some freaking Chuck Taylors, you right, know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to tell you, Henry, I think you know, because it's the easy go-to. But a text message, a video text message that you send, I wouldn't send it immediately. I'd send it the next day where I would just say, hey, JC, it's Dustin. Thank you so much for your time yesterday. I appreciated learning. Insert whatever you learned. Mm -hmm. I think I can add value. Insert where you think you can add value. And then what's your call to action? Your call to action would be, I look forward to helping your next two borrowers like you committed to me so that I could audition to be on your team. I look forward to meeting again so we can dive deeper into how we can use this particular product to help you get more buyers off the fence. Mm -hmm. I look forward to being your go-to weekend warrior when your best lender is not available because they don't pick up their phone nights and weekends. Whatever your call to action was, but just use a, a quick video that you shot on your phone and text it to them. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. Right. Now, if this was a whale, this was someone that really you connected with mm -hmm. and there was something personal that you took away, Let's say you were talking about Atomic Habits. And let's say they were really inquisitive. Like, oh, my God, tell me how that book changed your life. I need, I've need. i been looking for something like that. And where did you find that book? Take your copy. The one that still has the bent ears on it and the, and the beat-up cover. And give it to them. 
right? What a great follow-up that would be, but make sure it's genuine, right? Don't go give them something branded with your information on it, but give them something that would resonate with them because it was purposeful and it showed that you were listening in the meeting. Well said. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up. I have, what? I don't know. Have, have we helped everybody? I, know. I mean, there's some of the questions are the same. When, Find me one more. Find when me one more. should an MLO consider adding states that they are? Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I cut you off. So <laughs> oh, you were excited because I knew what you were going to ask, but right. look, the audience doesn't know. So please repeat it. No. Uh, when, as an MLO, should I start expanding my territories to states that I service? Loaded question, really? and I'm going to give you a long-winded answer. Okay. Because I don't know that person's business model. If you're consumer direct and you're buying leads, then obviously before you go buying leads, you need to make sure that you are licensed in that state. And before you buy a lead in a certain state, you have to ask yourself, why am I choosing that state? Is it because there's lots of VA loans? I'm a VA home loan expert. Is it because I like the loan size? Is it because like there has to be a reason that you're buying in that state and then obviously get licensed. But if you're a loan officer, the way that we coach and teach it, the way that I have found the most success, and again, it's not my personal success, which, yeah, there was a time in my career that I was kind of a bit of a hot shot from a, an origination standpoint. Like I was winning the awards. I was being recognized for being consistently in the, the top in my region, the top in my branch, the top in my company, et cetera. I didn't need to be licensed, but in one freaking state, the state I live in, the community I serve, right? Now, granted, I do live in a very large state, and I live smack dab in the middle of that state. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have any bordering states, but I could sit not just in Orlando, Florida, right? I could drop a pin on Orlando and then figure out where Winter Springs and Oviedo sit. Cause they sit a solid 20 miles outside or 12 miles outside. I think it's 20 minutes, but 20, 12 miles mm -hmm. Northeast of downtown Orlando. I didn't market myself in downtown Orlando. I marketed myself in Winter Springs and Oviedo, two small hometowns. That was all I needed. There was enough business going on in those two small towns that I could find my 12, I could close my five to six, and then later my eight to nine, and then later my 10 to 12 mm -hmm. by doing Oviedo Winter Springs. And eventually that pushed me down into the neighboring city, which happens to be the unincorporated Orlando, not downtown city mm -hmm. of Orlando, but unincorporated uh, Orlando, my local folks would know it as like Waterford Lakes, Avalon mm -hmm. Park, mm -hmm. the University of Central Florida area. Mm -hmm. That was all I needed, that small corridor. I could leave my house and I could touch 15 real estate offices within a 15 to 20 minute drive. So I don't know why you would need all these other states unless you're like, well, I grew up in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I went to college in Wisconsin. I even started my career in Wisconsin. I have a lot of contacts up there. I can do one or two loans a month. Okay, cool. You need Wisconsin. Right. Same thing would go if you're in Northern Florida, you, you may need to get in Georgia and Alabama mm -hmm. because they're neighboring states. Obviously my friends in the small states, like we were just talking about, if you're in mass, you need Connecticut. Uh -huh. If you're in mass and Connecticut, you need New Hampshire. Right. If you have New Hampshire, you might as well get Maine. Right. right? Like Because for someone to drive from Maine, I'm sorry, from, from the Boston area to get into Portsmouth, New Hampshire, it may be only a 20, 30 minute drive. Right. If you're in the northern suburb of Boston, <laughs> yeah. you're probably 35 minutes away from Boston. You're probably 
25 minutes away from right. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So there's the, and, and if not in Portsmouth, then you get into Concord, New Hampshire. So like, is again, that if it makes yeah. sense, but no, like having being licensed in 13 or 14 different states. Is that something that like younger loan originators do? Like I'm gonna get licensed all 50 so I can do loans for everybody everywhere. It's a massive mistake. They put so much, so much, um, not pressure, but emphasis? like emphasis, great word, emphasis on getting, oh, I'm going to get all these states. I'm like, are you working consumer direct? Do you really have that many contacts all throughout the country? Because there's enough business to be had in your local community. What it is though, is studying for all those tests makes them feel busy. It right. makes them feel like they're working. You're not, your job is to get out and lead generate all you're doing right then and there is you're delaying the inevitable and you are setting yourself up for failure because eventually that money that you had saved is going to run out mm -hmm. and you're not going to be making any money because you spent all your time getting licensed in all these states versus becoming a local community expert that's known by all people in your community as someone who can help others who are looking to purchase real estate or refinance real estate that they already own. Yes, yeah, so I think that that would be a major rookie mistake that so many make. Mm. I think the question you'd have to ask yourself is how many loans am I actually going to do um, consistently? Mm. If it's one a year, it ain't worth your time until you're consistently closing five, six loans a month. Like once you figured out how to consistently close five, six loans a month, that's when everything else opens up. Until then, you have to figure out how to close five to six loans a month. And I'm going to tell you, the way that you do it is get out there, network like crazy, become a community expert, make sure everyone knows who you are, what you do, who you represent, and how you can help them. Well said. I think I got one more. You got time for one more? I have time for one more, John. Okay. Your favorite. We didn't get you some reading glasses. For people who aren't watching us on YouTube, just know that John is like looking over his shoulder away from the mic and he's squinting at a laptop. Yes, it is small font. How to shop and scale marketing for mortgage leads. Okay. We're going to stretch my comfort zone a little right. bit with this one. Yeah, I know. That saved the best for last. Okay. I know you're complaining about the 12 point font not being enough for your almost 40 year old <laughs> ass to read. I know. Can you repeat that for me? How to set up and scale marketing for mortgage leads. How to set up and scale marketing mm -hmm. for mortgage leads. I want to buy me some leads because I'm lazy and don't like getting face-to-face -face and belly-to-belly. I don't know if that's 100% a fair assessment. Right. I also wouldn't tell you that I disagree. Okay? I think that there's two ways to operate a mortgage business. And I don't think you do both of them especially out of the gates well consecutively mm. that makes any sense so i'm telling you you're either all in on purchasing leads or you're all in on being a buy referral only mm. it is not until you dominate one that you should ever add the other and rarely have i ever met a mortgage professional who did both well in fact rarely do i meet a mortgage company mm. let alone a branch <laughs> Or, or a loan officer team that does both well. So you're either all in on buying leads and that's a model that you run, or you are all in on being a, a, a 
Self-sourced. Self-sourced, realtor builder referred, past client, mm -hmm. circle of influence, database type, you know, yeah, dominator, <laughs> right. dominator, okay? Um, so I'm going to answer the question. That way we can maybe conclude the show. Okay. I think you start with one, one lead, lead source, and you work it really well for 100 plus days. You're all in on that. Because mm. just like you and I with this podcast two years ago, you just got to show up. Mm. You got to show up and start doing it. So whether you pick Zillow or whether you pick one of the other lead aggregators out there, um, I think you would have like um, rate, uh, what's it called? Not ratewatch.com. Uh, Bankrate.com, mm -hmm. LendingTree, mm -hmm. and you start purchasing those leads. And you have to first and foremost have a system in place. How many times are you going to call them? How many times are you going to text them? How many times are you going to email them? And you need to be able to inspect what you expect. So if it's not you doing it, who do you have doing it on your behalf? And how are you paying that person? How are you training them? And how are you compensating them? And then... What can you have a computer automate that you're not already doing? Should you have something like Agent Legend or Big Purple Dot as a CRM where when the lead comes in, you or your salesperson can call them quickly? Like as soon as the lead comes in, you're double tap calling them. You're sending a text. You're sending an email. Then you're calling them the next day, emailing them, texting them. You need to touch them at seven times in the first three days. And then you need to have a system in place that is going to take out the human component because that's very time consuming and it's just going to automate voicemails that are dropped. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if you're going to do something with purchasing leads before you do that, you need to have a CRM in place. That's going to make sure it's helping you manage and market to these leads. And by the way, this CRM is way different than the CRM you would use for a realtor builder referred CRM. Like, we use Jungo. We love Jungo, right? We have 13 branches, 75 loan officers, all tied into this badass CRM. But we built that CRM solely for leads that are referred in. These are warm referrals. Mm. So all of our content and all of our campaigns is are different than the campaigns you would use. Right. So like if, if I were to try to roll out some kind of consumer direct, I wouldn't be using Jungo necessarily. Right. I may have to use a different CRM that is more specific. So I would tell people, check with Zillow, check with Bankrate, check with um, LendingTree, check with Home Lending Pal. It was almost two mm. years ago that we had Brian Young on. Yeah. They've really turned a corner and they are now doing lead generation. And some of their leads that they're generating are like the best of the best leads. Oh, wow. So I'd say to check out Home Lending Pal and then pick one, do it really well for 100 days before you start doing something else. And then once you try to do something else, just pick a second one. What you don't want to do is every 30 days change. Right. No, you, you need to get all in. You need to get enough data so that you can do your analysis and then rinse, repeat until you find what works and then understand what worked in 2022 that lead source may suck in 2023. Mm. Like I follow a lot of people who do real estate investing. Well, in 2019, it was all about Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. You wanted to find people who had, who had homes in disrepair, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Before that, it was mailers. And then it was, I'm going to get a virtual assistant. They're going to make phone calls. Now it's, I'm going to get a virtual assistant and they're going to do text messages. And sometimes mm -hmm. it was billboards. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. 
but what worked isn't necessarily what is going to work or what worked, but isn't currently working. Doesn't mean it won't work again as the market shifts, as consumer sentiment shifts, as consumer behavior shifts, as technology shifts, right? That was a big thing with people buying Facebook leads and Mm -hmm. advertising on Facebook is Facebook changed their algorithm. The minute the algorithm changed, all of a sudden what used to work doesn't even come close. And now they'll let that person scrambling. I don't know if I answered that question exactly how the viewer or listener wanted me to, but I hope I did enough justice that I gave them a one or two decent tie downs or takeaways. I learned something. What'd you learn, John? The fact that you should have a CRM in place before you start getting all these leads. Uh, well, especially, especially <laughs> like, especially when you're doing consumer direct and you're buying leads. It'd be different advice if someone's like, hey, Dio, I'm gonna be a loan officer like, like you were and like your top producers are the Mike Williamses and Mike Smalley's of the world mm-hmm. and the Gwen Swain's of the world. Like I want to be just like them. Hey, look, you don't necessarily have to go all in CRM right away. Mm-hmm. I would advise you to, cause I think you want to start creating good habits mm-hmm. early on so that you can follow and build on them. But I'd be honest, you, you can close 30 loans a year without the need of a CRM, especially when you're out there self-sourcing, mm-hmm. you need a spiral notepad. A pen, mm-hmm. maybe um, some manila folders, mm-hmm. maybe some green hanging folders, and a cheap little file drawer. You, all the follow-up you need is yeah. right there. Right. Because you're a one-man band or one-woman band, you can do everything you need to do by flipping through the pages of that spiral notebook, making your phone calls, doing your texts, and doing your emails. Right. That lead was referred to you, so it was a warm referral. Someone had already said, call John, he does a good job. Right. When you're going to Consumer Direct, that's a cold lead. Who's this? What? Yeah. what? Who are you? I don't. I don't. I don't remember you. Yeah. Oh, I. I didn't need you to call me. Well, you click the box that said you want to talk to a lender. Oh, I did it on accident. You know, and you yeah, get a lot of those. Right. So because of that, it's a high touch, low conversion. The other way is a high conversion, low touch. Right. Now, high conversion is still twenty percent because not everyone qualifies. Mm-hmm. Not everyone goes through with the with the transaction. You don't win all opportunities. They may end up going with their bank or their credit union and not using you. The other way, though, it's a much lower conversion. So I would say for that person doing consumer direct buying leads, make sure you have that. And I found out about some of the hottest and best CRMs out there Mm -hmm. from the people I bought leads from. Really? That's where I learned about Agent Legend. That's where I learned about Big Purple Dot. Uh, I have friends that use Podio. We have a branch that onboarded uh, with us just recently where they came from a company that was a little bit more consumer direct. And mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the name of their software because I can't, but, uh, but I can't like, I just, right now it's just, you know, one of those things that slipped in my brain. Um, but if, if I did, I'd, I'd shout out what, uh, what Chris and John are using, uh, over there, but I would tell you to check with whoever it is you're going to buy leads from. Cause they'll like, they have a vested interest right. in you converting your leads because if you spent three, five or $10,000 a month and you didn't see an ROI, they know you're going to cancel. Right. So they will be able to teach you and train you and even share you share scripts with you. Personally, I'd start with Zillow. I'd look at bank rate and I would look at lending tree. I would look at home lending pal. There you go. Those are the ones that I know that come to the top of my, my, my mind. That's it. Hopefully this made good content. That was, I mean, Hopefully, you had no prep. Hopefully, um, John, you act like we prep. I know, but I just, for, just a reminder for the folks that these were, he had no idea what I was asking him. Do you think, do you think we should like make it seem like we do a lot of prep before we do these shows? No, just 
No, be who we are, I right? would do even less if we could. <laughs> but that would be impossible because the cameras wouldn't get cut on. <laughs> Very good. Well, I had fun. Yeah. Uh, and this, I like it when we do these. Like, we have we have a few episodes called Potpourri. Yeah. Right? And Potpourri is where we sat down and I'm like, look, I just want to talk yeah. about things that are relevant. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a exact um, idea or agenda, but let's just openly talk. And there's some of our better performing episodes. Yes, I think this one. And um, we listen to our listeners. Yeah. We, we listen to our viewers and our followers. And they're like, dude, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember who said this, but I wish I could remember. Because <laughs> he was like, y'all should just do a show where you just do a show. It doesn't have to have a topic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you're, like, speaking to my oh, heart. No, right. You're speaking to my heart. So right. maybe that's where... Not Your Mama's Sunday School. I think that's the next evolution of this podcast. It could be. Although, I would like Not Your Mama's Sunday School to be a financial literacy related. Yeah, still have financial, you know, things and tidbits in it, right? Yeah, it'll be more along the lines of, like, a Ramsey or an Orman or a Clark Howard. Never heard of them. Like, some of that stuff, the Buffets and the Ungers. How about them? You heard of them? A buffet. Yeah, you like to eat at a buffet? Yeah, I don't know. you, like a Golden Crowd or Shoney's guy? (laughs) Yo, remember Golden Corral used to be? Damn. You know, I've never been that I can remember. But I would eat the Watch shit out of a Sony's. your mouth. It's you give me Shoney's, I'll crush a breakfast buffet. <laughs> Absolutely destroy it. There you go. And God forbid you take me to one of those fancy oh, in hotels. Oh, with, oh. with the lobster towers? No. Shit. <laughs> you want to take me to the Wynn. The Wynn has one of the best buffets. You Hey, you and I are going to be in Vegas. Yes, we are. We're going to be in Vegas next month, John. I know. Next month, we're going to be out there for Mortgage Mastermind. If you haven't registered, you have plenty of time. It's Mastermind 2022, I believe is the website. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to tloponline.com. We have a link right there mm-hmm. on, on our homepage. We're going to be there. We're supporting Stephen Marshall. We're supporting the speakers, the industry. It's going to be a fun event. It's going to be a uh, an event where... You're going to want to network the people who show up. You're going to be able to learn a couple things while you're there mm-hmm. and have a great time. Plus, John and I are going to be there. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's all the time we have for today. Yeah. We do want you to share us. We do want you to like us. Of course, we want you to follow us on all of our social handles. But keep tuning in. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Please be polite. And let us know what you want to hear more of. But until then, we will catch you on the next episode.